liftoff and the clock has started. Welcome listeners. I'm Graham your announcer. And this is 20 minutes you'll never get back. Thank you Graham and for all of my listeners in France. C'est 20 minutes tu ne reviendras jamais. That's right. I, st- I stepped up my game. I've gone international. Welcome to 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. My name is Doug Prezak. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and listening. I truly do appreciate it. And for the French listeners, if the intro I played did not translate to, this is 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back, I apologize. I kind of went on a limb there. It's kind of like when you get one of those tattoos that's in Chinese. Do you think it's saying peace, love, and harmony? And the Chinese characters actually end up meaning my chicken rides a bicycle. So I hope it translated correctly. If not, I apologize. Well, today's show, episode 32, is being recorded on February 9th. And you know what that means. Yep, it means five days until Valentine's Day. Uh-oh. Millions of people around the world are all starting to panic what they're going to do for for Valentine's Day, what they're going to get for each other or do for each other. And, you know, my wife and I have come to this um, mutual agreement. We just don't celebrate Valentine's Day. And the reason is because we feel, at least for us, every day is Valentine's Day. But seriously, for us, we just have never really jumped on the Valentine's Day bandwagon. But for millions and millions of people, you all do, and that's fantastic. But have you ever stopped to think about just why February 14th and how that all start and, and, and why? Well, guess what? That's right. I did some research so you don't have to. And frankly, you can spend more energy worrying about what you're going to do for your partner, spouse, wife, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, on February 14th. So let's get to it. So as you know, Valentine's Day occurs every February 14th and uh, across the United States and frankly in other places around the world, you know, candy and flowers and gifts, they're exchanged between loved ones and it's all in the name of St. Valentine. But who is this mysterious saint and where do these traditions come from? Come on, I know you want to know. Well, the history of Valentine's Day and uh, its patron Saint Saint Valentine is a sort of a mystery. Now, we do know that February has long been celebrated as a month of romance and that St. Valentine's Day, as we know it today, contains um, pieces of both Christian and ancient Roman tradition. But who was St. Valentine and how did he become associated with this uh, sort of ancient rite? The Catholic Church recognizes at least three different saints named Valentine or Valentinus, all of whom were martyred. Now, one legend contends that Valentine, or Valentine, however you want to pronounce it, was a priest who served during the 3rd century in Rome, when Emperor Claudius II decided that single men made way better soldiers than those with wives and families, he outlawed marriage for young men. Man, I got a rowdy audience here today. Anyway, Valentine realized the decree was just a bunch of BS, and he defied Claudius, Uh, He continued to perform marriages for young lovers in secret. When Valentine's actions were discovered, Claudius ordered that he be put to death. Where's the boo? Boo. That was one story. Uh, And here's another one. Others insist that it was a bishop named St. Valentine of Terni, who was the true namesake of the holiday. He, too, was also beheaded by Claudius II outside of Rome. Now, other stories suggest that Valentine may have been killed for attempting to help Christians escape harsh Roman prisons where they are often beaten and tortured. According to one legend, 
While Valentine was in prison, he actually sent the first Valentine greeting himself after he fell in love with a young girl who was possibly the jailer's daughter, uh-oh, who visited him during confinement. Before his death, it's alleged that he wrote her a letter signed, From Your Valentine, and that's an expression that's actually still used today. Although the truth behind Valentine's legends is kind of cloudy, all the stories emphasize his appeal as a sympathetic, heroic, and most importantly, romantic figure. By the Middle Ages, perhaps thanks to his reputation, Valentine would become one of the most popular saints in England and France. So that's kind of the backstory on St. Valentine, but how do we end up on February 14th? Well, some believe that Valentine's Day is celebrated in the middle of February to commemorate the anniversary of Valentine's death or his burial, which probably occurred in uh, 270 AD. Others claim that the Christian church may have decided to place St. Valentine's Feast Day in the middle of February in an effort to Christianize the pagan celebration of Lupercalia. Now, celebrated at the Ides of February, not to be confused with the Ides of March, um, Lupercalia was a fertility festival dedicated to Faunus, the Roman god of agriculture, as well as to the Roman founders Romulus and Remus. To begin the festival, members of an order of Roman priests called the Luperci, they would gather at a sacred cave where the infants Romulus and Remus, who were the founders of Rome, they were believed to have been cared for by a she-wolf or a lupa. Now, this next part's a little gross, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slap a PG-13 on this one. The priest would sacrifice a goat for fertility and a dog for purification. They would then strip the goat's hide into thin strips, dip them in sacrificial blood, and take to the streets, gently slapping both women and the crop fields with the goat hide. Uh, you'd think the women would be a little ticked off about that, but far from being fearful, Roman women welcomed the touch of the hides because it was believed to make them more fertile in the coming year. Later in the day, according to legend, all the young women in the city would place their names in a big urn. The city's bachelors would then each choose a name and become paired for the year with his chosen woman. These matches often ended in marriage. It's kind of like a uh, ancient <laughs> car key party, of which I know nothing. Now, Lupercalia initially survived the rise of Christianity, but it was uh, eventually deemed unchristian, and it was outlawed at the end of the 5th century when Pope Galasius declared February 14th as St. Valentine's Day. It was not until much later that the day became definitively associated with love. During the Middle Ages, it was commonly believed in France and England that February 14th was the beginning of bird's mating season, which added to the idea that the middle of February, or Valentine's Day, should be a day for romance. English poet Geoffrey Chaucer was the first to record St. Valentine's Day as a day of romantic celebration in his 1375 poem, quote, The Parliament of the Fowls, writing, and I quote, For this was sent on St. Valentine's Day, when every fowl cometh here to choose its mate, end quote. How romantic. Valentine's greetings were popular as far back as the Middle Ages, though written Valentines didn't begin to appear until after 1400. The oldest known Valentine still in existence today was a poem written in 1415 by Charles, Duke of Orleans. Check how I said that? 
Uh, it was written to his wife while he was in prison in the Tower of London following his capture at the Battle of Angincourt. Several years later, it's believed that King Henry V hired a writer named John Lydgate to compose a Valentine note to Catherine of Valois. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but how do we end up with that chubby little kid with the bow and arrow set? Well, Cupid is often portrayed on Valentine's Day cards as a naked cherub shooting arrows of love at unsuspecting lovers. But the Roman god Cupid has his roots in Greek mythology as the Greek god of love, Eros. Now, accounts of his birth vary. Some say he's the son of Nyx and Erebus. Others say he's the kid of Aphrodite and Ares. Still others say he's the son of Iris and Zephyrus, or even Aphrodite and Zeus. And that would kind of been awkward, since he would have been both his father and grandfather. According to the Greek archaic poets, Eros was a handsome immortal who played with the emotions of the gods and men, and he used golden arrows to incite love and led ones to sow aversion. It wasn't until the Hellenistic period that he began to be portrayed as the mischievous, chubby child he's known to become on Valentine's Day cards. And speaking of Valentine's Day cards, in Great Britain, Valentine's Day began to be popularly celebrated around the 17th century. By the middle of the 18th century, it was common for friends and lovers of all social classes to exchange small tokens of affection or handwritten notes. And by 1900, printed cards began to replace written letters due to improvements in printing technology. Ready-made cards were an easy way for people to express their emotions in a time when direct expression of one's feelings was quite discouraged. Cheaper postage rates also contributed to an increase in the popularity of sending Valentine's Day greetings. Americans probably began exchanging handmade valentines in the early 1700s. In the 1840s, Esther A. Howland began selling the first mass-produced valentines in America. Howland was known as the mother of the valentine, and she made elaborate creations with real lace, ribbons, and colorful pictures known as scrap. Today, and this is according to the Greeting Card Association, an estimated 145 million Valentine's Day cards are sent each year, making Valentine's Day the second largest card-sending holiday of the year. Uh, Christmas is number one. All right, it's time for a break. And when we come back, if you haven't figured out what you're going to do for Valentine's Day yet for your special someone, I have a list for you. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Brighter than new, Rinso washes, Rinso new, Rinso white. Whiter than new, Rinso white. Brighter than new, Rinso white. Rinso new, Rinso new. It's an amazing fact. 1950 Rinso with Solium gets white clothes whiter, washable colors brighter than new, Rinso new. 1950 Rinso gets out more dirt. Yes, gets out more dirt than any other type of wash day product. Rinso white. Rinse on new. Maybe a box of Rinso is the perfect Valentine's Day gift. No, 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 it's not. Stop. Stop right there. You know, some of you may want to express yourself with some sort of huge grand gesture. Others uh, may believe it's the kind of little things that count. But if you don't have any plans yet and you're starting to panic, Relax, I've got a list that might help you put your Valentine's Day together, okay? 
And this list comes from Southern Living Magazine. Doug did not put this together. He just did the research. All right, number one, take a hike. Even if it's cold where you live, taking a scenic hike is a great way to unplug and unwind this Valentine's Day. Maybe there's a favorite spot where you live or you might want to try one of the best hikes in the U.S. Either way, you're bound to have fun time because you're in great company. Oh. Two, take an on- <laughs> really take an online mixology class. Learn how to craft cocktails with a James Beard honoree who has been at the forefront of the New York City craft cocktail movement and founder of the world's best bar and become each other's favorite bartender. I guess you have to live in New York for that one. Number three, play tourist in your own town. Is there a landmark in your town you've always wanted to visit or a museum you've ever seen? Don't forget to wear a mask. Become tourists in your own hometown and finally check off one or two of those bucket list items you keep putting off. Get into the role by snapping tons of pictures throughout the day. <laughs> Beside your mask, wear a fanny pack. Number four is set up a waffle bar. Is a brunch your favorite meal to eat together? Then build the waffles of your dream by setting up a DIY waffle bar. All you need is some waffle batter and waffle maker and all the toppings to your heart's desire. And don't forget the whipped cream. It may come in handy later. Oh, Doug, stop it. Number five, and this is one you probably should have started a little while ago, make a scrapbook of your relationship. Even partners who aren't so into crafts will get a kick out of this fun activity. Gather up photos of your relationship, old ticket stubs, and meaningful receipts to make a beautiful book that you'll both treasure. Number six, bake something sweet. Baking is a fun way to spend more time with your significant other, and you'll have a sweet reward to enjoy afterwards. <laughs> I hope you all are writing these down, because this is, this is golden stuff here, I'm telling you. Number seven, eat breakfast in bed. Whip up a delicious breakfast spread on Valentine's Day and enjoy it lounging in, in bed. It will be nice change of pace from the usual morning hustle and bustle. See, this is where you can combine that waffle bar, go downstairs and make the waffle, and then take it all upstairs into bed. You're welcome. Number eight, go for a drive. No destination? No problem. All you need for this Valentine's Day fun activity is a sense of adventure and a full tank of gas. You'll both get out of your comfort zones while you explore new terrain. There's no telling what you might stumble across. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm even sorry for that snort. Number nine, enjoy wine and chocolate tasting. You know, wine and chocolate are both delicious on their own, but even better when you mix them together. It's a party and a bottle and a box. Number 10, play hooky. Well, Valentine's this year is on Sunday, so we'll skip that one. Number 11, craft something together. Try your hand at some DIY Valentine's Day crafts at home. Consider an art project that you can hang somewhere in your house or craft a creative picture frames of your favorite photos. Aww. 12, cook dinner together. A special home-cooked meal can be so much more romantic than going out to eat at a super busy restaurant. Even if one of you doesn't have chef-worthy skills, you can still make a memorable dinner you'll both enjoy. And nothing says romance like a kitchen full of dirty dishes. Number 13, write love letters to each other. If you've never done it before, now's the time to put in writing why your partner is so special to you. Tell them which of their qualities you most admire, how they make you feel, and why you fell in love with them. Number 14, have a romantic movie marathon. Grab the popcorn and settle in on the couch for an evening filled with your favorite rom-coms or just turn on the Lifetime channel. Same thing. Number 15, exchange heartfelt gifts. 
No, February 14th doesn't have to be all about the presents, but it's nice to give and receive a little token of affection. Consider purchasing an item your loved one has always wanted. You know, like that nice little diamond tennis bracelet. Number 16, have a Parisian date night. Pretend like you're in the city of love this Valentine's Day. Make some sweet or savory crepes, share a bottle of wine, and put on some romantic music, set the tone. Now, if, listen, if eating a crepe and have a bottle of wine makes you think you're in Paris, then I applaud your imagination way better than mine. Number 17, send your partner on a treasure hunt. <laughs> if gift giving is your love language, send your significant other on a scavenger hunt dotted with trails of rose petals and handwritten clues to find their Valentine's Day gift. I kind of like that one. You can skip the rose petals because then you just have to pick those up afterwards. Oh, I'm such a romantic. Number 18. Now, I can play this one of two ways. I can play it legit or I can uh, fill it with innuendo. You can decide which I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Number 18. Practice yoga together. Enjoy some Zen time together while stretching and breathing in sync. <laughs> Which one did you choose on that one? Uh, and no, I'm not going to do yoga. Sorry. Number 19, make some heart shaped food. Now, if there's ever a time to make heart shaped food, I can only think of one. Yeah, it's, it's uh, Valentine's day. Need some suggestions. Well, there's pizza, uh, a strawberry pie, eggs in a basket <laughs> what do you would do it really eggs in a basket i guess you just circle them in a heart shape in a basket what is the point of that cupcakes can you make heart shaped cupcake i guess if you have the right kind of mold <sighs> your imagination's the limit on this one no it's not really or take the low effort route and order a heart shaped pizza that's the one you should go with and finally number 20 get to know each other better over a bottle of wine. Oh, I'm sorry, but this one has Danger Will Robinson written all over it. Southern Living says, open a bottle of your best vino and ask each other 36 questions scientifically proven to break intimacy barriers. You know, some of you uh, may already know the answer to, how's your relationship with your mother? I'm gonna add, don't do it, just don't do it. Other questions are, what are my best qualities? Or what can I improve? You hear that sizzling noise? That's not bacon in the kitchen. That's the fuse and the bomb that's about to go off if you answer that. Remember, you've had a bottle of wine. You answer that question, and this Valentine's Day is over. Kind of like this episode. And what did we learn? Well, we learned that St. Valentine was actually a good guy, even in prison. We learned that uh, that little overweight kid with the wings who uh, shoots gold arrows for love, he also shoots lead ones that just say no. And never, ever get into a deep conversation with someone after a bottle of wine. And that will officially close episode 32. As always, thank you very much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. And I will talk to you next time on 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Bye-bye. Now I guess I better go figure out what I'm going to do for Valentine's Day. Hi, it's me again, Doug. I want to take up a couple more seconds of your time just to remind you, if you want to stay informed of when uh, the next podcast is posted, all you need to do is sign up at uh, on that Instagram machine. It's at uh, 20MYNGB, 20MYNGB, and that means 20 minutes you'll never get back. 
Uh, If you sign up there, you'll uh, always see when the next podcast is uploaded. And if you want to leave some comments, by all means, please do go to the uh, website at 20minutespodcast.com. So it's 20minutespodcast.com. And uh, you can uh, leave your comments there. It also tells you how you can be an announcer for the show. So take take a look at those two things if you'd like and stay informed. And as always, thank you very much for listening to uh, 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Bye-bye.